Hi, and welcome to Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. Please join us as we explore how you can enjoy a happier life and a fulfilling career, things that aren't always that easy in our modern world. We'll be taking a look to how you can explore well-being both inside and outside the workplace, how to prevent burnout, how to achieve true happiness in work and life, and so much more. So stick around. Hello and welcome. I'm here with the wonderful Dr. Jenny Brockus, all the way from Perth, and I'm in Cambridge in the UK. So we are different continents, different time zones, but uh, we're here on the same topic. So welcome, Jenny. Good to be with you, Sarah. How's your day going so far? Well, it's just started. I've had a couple of cups of coffee, which always makes life better for me. And the children are back at school this week. So I have space in my mind. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, it always feels so much better when you've got that sense of the normal routine coming back into play and feeling that sense of, yeah, I've got things under control a bit more again. It, it feels nice, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. And just there's a thing for me of just about space. Um, when you're constantly thinking you might be interrupted or you're keeping an ear out for crashes, bangs, booms, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes um, yeah so so all is good I'm very excited and I'm super excited to be kicking this off with you today um so today we're going to talk about I guess we're going to start at the beginning right we're going to talk about mindset mm. uh, which I know you've got a fantastic I've got uh, got it right here no. oh you've got my book oh, you've, you've got a fantastic <laughs> chapter in there um about about mindset which is lovely mm. but it's such an interesting topic so yeah do you want to kick off and kind of yeah talk a little bit about mindset and uh yeah sure mindset it's a, it's a funny being isn't it mindset we talk about it quite a lot uh, and we often sort of think that it is our attitude but in fact attitude contributes to our mindset but a mindset is what well, my perspective of mindset is that it's a conglomeration of our attitude towards certain things, our value systems, and Mm -hmm. our experiences. And we know that it's not something we're born with. It's it's shaped by our our upbringing in in early life. So we have to thank our principal caregivers, which is usually a parent or two. (laughs) Um, And what I find interesting is that mindset, although it's it's not set in stone, we have Um, a variety of mindsets available to us, we tend to veer towards one particular way of looking at the world. And Mm -hmm. that can be helpful. And in some instances, it can be unhelpful. So I think it's having the awareness that mindset is something that you can shift. And I think that's fantastic. Because how sad would it be if you knew that your mindset actually was holding you back in some way, but you couldn't do anything about it. That would be dreadful. But knowing that, in fact, you can nudge yourself towards a good or a useful mindset for your particular circumstance, I think is phenomenal because it just opens up so much to us in our daily lives and work. So what what does mindset mean to you? What, What do you think of when somebody says, oh, 
you know, what's your mindset like today, Sarah? <laughs> it's so funny. And I like, I really love that, that you've gone like all the way back to the beginning because um, I'm going to tangent for a little bit and then I'll come back. So it's, I think it's, it's been really interesting to me. So I had never thought of myself as someone, I had never really thought about mindset and I had as, to begin with. And then I'd never thought about having a positive or more positive or growth mindset or anything in my whole life. It took me a long time, you know, probably, I think it was 2015. I remember waking up and it was reading something and going, other people don't see the world the way I do. So <laughs> very late to the party here. <laughs> but interestingly, I have what I would describe as a hugely positive mindset. And that has come, that's historically. So that's my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a was a like a, a war bride married an American serviceman moved to America you know she was in London during the Blitz amazing human um, and then had real challenges you know all that kind of post-war challenges that people people had but the stories I hear and the stories I heard from her were all a, they were all positive there mm-hmm. was always a positive spin and my mom told this great story of everything, the pipes being frozen. And, you know, they were a huge family, I think like 11 children, you know, the pipes were frozen and they didn't have any running water. But my grandmother made it fun. She said, come on, children, we're going to go collect icicles and melt them today. And so what what was quite quite a, you know, realistically would have been quite a a challenging situation was Mm. fun. And that permeates my family, my aunts and uncles, and my mother and how she parented us. And, you know, I had some, some big challenges. So I, I'm always intrigued about mindset, how you grow up. Um, and also the, the converse of how making things too easy for people makes, makes them, they kind of lose out on the ability to to build that mindset muscle, right? Like, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think the modeling piece is is very powerful. And obviously you've got a very strong positive. That's fantastic. (laughs) Um, Sadly, not everybody has that. And I think it can be a challenge, particularly if people have come from a background where people had more of a fixed mindset um, and were less open-minded to certain ways of thinking or doing. It's harder to acknowledge that's who you are at the moment and and then sort of nurture the change, but at least we can nurture it. But I think, um, yeah, I think what we can do is is sort of look at identifying that we're never completely in an open mindset or a growth-oriented mindset. We're never completely in a fixed mindset. We're a conglomerate of them all, depending on the particular circumstance, because even though you come from a really positive background, Sarah, I, I am, I'm imagining there might be just one or two little small things that, 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 that press your red buttons and oh, um, you find <laughs> a little bit harder to reconcile yourself to or be open to exploring alternatives around that. And I think that just is a reflection of us as human beings. Um, so, you know, if, if, if you think, oh, gosh, I'm in a fixed mindset about this, I'm, I'm feeling very sort of closed off, um, I'm using very sort of negative language, I can never do this, I'm not good enough, all that sort of negative self-talk, um, 
that's okay if it's just in the moment, as long as you can recognize, well, maybe I'm just afraid of this thing that's challenging me. Now, I, I'm a bit of a technophobe. Um, technology is wonderful when it works, but when it doesn't work, it freaks <laughs> me out. And I'm going, ah, you know, and then I, I find myself thinking, oh, Jenny, you know, you've done it again. You're so useless at this technology stuff. And oh, no. <laughs> Uh, so it's it's about sort of recognizing that some things we're more open to than others, and it's it's and it's often associated with that fear space. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. And I think I really love the because we talk we we learn a lot about like flight flight or fight fight yeah. or flight. That's yeah. easy for me, to say, right? Mm-hmm. But we 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 quite often don't talk about the freeze, which mm-hmm. is kind of saying here, right? Like because it's mm. it's. Fight, flight, or freeze is what we do when we panic. And yeah. freeze for me is is kind of what what gets us in fixed mindset because yep. that's fear, isn't it? And and we we don't know what to do, so we do nothing. Yep. Right. Yep. If yep. we stay right here and don't move, that tiger will probably not eat us or whatever it is. You know, <laughs> if we're very very still, then nothing can go wrong. Nothing can go right either. Right. But. <laughs> Or so you just, I think it will just pass over you and it will be well afterwards. It will all be well. That's fine. Yeah. Yep. It's yes. all good. And that's so easy. It, it's, it's so much cognitively easier to do that, isn't it? Yes. You don't have to put any effort yes. in. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah. you have to put that, that cognitive thinking in. Yeah. Um, and like, I guess one of the things, and maybe you've got some great tips on this is like, when you're in that moment, how, you know, how can you see it? Or maybe a little bit afterwards, how can you help yourself reflect on that and and yeah. really without judgment? Yes, what was going on for you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think um, what I've noticed, especially over the last year or so, you know, living through this global pandemic, is that many people have struggled with different aspects of it, um, which is again reflection. We're all different. But I think the it's the, the fear and the anxiety around the uncertainty and not knowing what the heck is going on or how it's going to pan out keeps people in that stuck deer in the headlights moment. And I think it's very hard to shift yourself out of that at that particular time. So it is about sort of stepping back to just sort of say, okay, this is where I am. I'm stuck in these pesky headlights. I'm being dazzled by them. Um, what can I do to move out of the way? And just by having that little sort of momentary reflection point, I think it starts to become easier to say, okay, well, what have I done in the past? What was useful? What can help me move forward here? You may not be able to come up with anything because if I don't know about you, but I've know if if that sort of total sense of panic comes over, your mind just goes completely blank and you can't do anything. <laughs> It's like, oh no, it's happened again. Um, so you do need that that ability to tap into your your frontal lobes and your executive suite to actually sort of okay, <laughs> and just calm down, breathe, whoo, um, to think things through. But I think um, what I what I learned a lot about was about the thrivers mindset mm. concept that was first introduced to me by a marvelous man from the US. He's a do- he's a fellow doctor called Dr. Dan Diamond. Oh, he, is, he is such a great guy. Um, and he's a, he's a survival specialist. He's, he's the person that the 
the government sort of call upon in times of national emergency, like a cyclone or a hurricane or something. <laughs> um, and he goes in and he starts to do the triaging and organizing the recovery and helping people to, you know, be moved to a safe place um, and receive the need that they um, receive the help that they need. But well, I was I was talking with him one time and uh, he was saying that he found it very curious how he noticed how different people reacted differently to the same situation. Yes. So like he was heavily involved in Hurricane Katrina. And he said what, what blew him away was the fact that some people were just complete victims and mm -hmm. it was help, 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 help me now, help me now. But they were completely self-centered and they would be demanding help for themselves, even though they might be standing alongside their children. You know, it was me first, and yeah. children next, possibly, but get me out of here now. Um, so they were the, the, the real victims who were stuck in victimhood. And he said, then there were people who were the survivors, the people who were getting through the, the situation, grateful that they had survived, even if they'd lost pretty much everything, you know, that at least they were sitting there with some clothes on their back and, and with the prospect of rescue, et cetera, et cetera. And knowing that they had a long road ahead to, to get through to full recovery. But he said the difference between a survivor and a thriver was the mindset went to the next stage where, yes, grateful to have survived, but what else can I be doing to help everybody else who's in the same situation? And it's that bringing together of I can do something even though I'm in this dreadful situation myself. That, that really elevates us and takes us to the thriving mindset. And I think we can all use this, especially at this time of recovery from COVID-19. Absolutely. Because, Absolutely. you know, with so many businesses going under, so many people losing their jobs, so many people losing their lives, there's so much grief and loss about. It's easy to get stuck in victimhood, and I'm not saying that's, the wrong thing. I mean, you know, we, we go through these different phases and we, we sometimes need to go through that grief process. And it's very important to do yes. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's not that you should never be there or it's painful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we don't want to get stuck there forever. Um, because you've you've probably met people like I have where you know something happened 20, 30 years ago and they're still carrying around that emotional baggage of that terrible thing that happened to them and it's become their be all and defined them. As, as the person they are today. And I'm thinking, oh, really? Um, so it's moving into the survival and then saying, well, actually, I'm not just a survivor, I'm a thriver. And we talk a lot about thriving because it's so useful to help us to reach that state of mind where we're more hopeful, we're more optimistic, we're happier because yeah. it doesn't matter <laughs> that we've lost these things. We've got each other and we can support each other. It, 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 it really is um, an opening up to embrace our full humanity. That sounds a oh. bit big and powerful, but, <laughs> but that's how I see it. It is. Yeah, it is. And when it's that, 
it's that piece about, you know, like imagining that feeling where it's, it spills over, you know, and where mm. you can do that. And it's harnessing all those kind of scientific things we know that lead to, you know, that we study in happiness at work and stuff, you know, it's what's gratitude, doing things for other people rather than yeah. for ourselves, yes. social connection that comes into play there, mm. right? So all these things that psychologically and scientifically we know help us in, in like happiness or positive psychology mm. space, it 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 goes in and weaves itself into all of these parts of, of our our sure. world, and I think it's really important that you said that it's not about you know it's not about going from, um you know being a victim to being thriving like that you know it's it's Stunning. that nudge theory right what can we do to to help us do a little bit more or have a little bit more or view things a little bit differently um mm-hmm. to help us get out of those those places where we might feel stuck, right? Sure, sure. So yeah. I guess um, there's a number of things that we can do to help us to sort of move towards being more open-minded or growth-oriented. Are there any specifics that you found useful either in your own life or things that you've used when coaching other people mm. that you you found especially effective? Yeah, I think that's great that you said coaching because that's exactly one of the things that I found. <laughs> Being coached helps me myself. Yes. Um, and I'll tell a lo- another like mini story because I like stories. Uh, <laughs> so I was, I'd always, if you think about this kind of like victim or bystander, I think Dan talks about as well, right. um, bystander mindsets. I'd I'd spent a long time viewing myself in a leadership capacity as as a what what he would refer to probably as a bystander. Someone asked for a leader, I would never put up my hand. But if everyone else took a step backwards, then I would step up. Um, And actually, that led me into lots of victim feelings. And I wasn't quite right. Or I had this sense of delivering for other people. And and my wonderful coach I worked with said, what if you rethought leadership? What if it was, um, you know, instead of someone asking you to choose from two different paths on a walk? What if you saw a third path that no one else saw? But you knew in your heart that at the end of that path, there was the most beautiful experience and and the sun was shining and it was the right place to go. Mm. You went down that path and hopefully you convinced people to come with you, but it was okay if they didn't because you just knew that was where you wanted to go. And so shifting, having someone who can ask you questions like that, how would that feel? Who can help you reframe that. And that's completely changed my mindset on leadership and myself as a leader and I love it and I'm on my sparkly path and and if people can't be with me that makes me feel sad because I want to share it with them but I am totally okay with it whereas before I had that other mindset so I would say the social connection piece um getting someone who you trust um who can ask you questions uh who can make you uncomfortable I loved in your book um I I highlighted it so that I get it just right you said that your your coach said and how did you contribute to this story I love you know taking some responsibility and oh gosh personal growth it sucks it's so painful (laughs) but it's like going to the gym it's like going to the gym right Yes, it's thinking about doing it that is painful and uncomfortable. Actually, when you get there at the end of your workout, no one ever says, I wish I hadn't done that. And it's the same thing, I think, physical growth, personal growth. So so that's for me one of them. The second is is gratitude. 
And it has so many benefits, but in this mindset piece, I, for me, starting to stop and look at what you're feeling grateful for, it's just that knock-on effect. Then you'll be able to see more, then you'll be more open to things. And, and you, and that will, that will magic. It's like magic will shift your mindset and you'll start to open up little by little. Um, and I think, as you said, you know, trying to take stock of, of what we have, um, and how we can help other people, you know, that yeah. whole mirror neurons, contagion, yeah. all of those things. Um, yeah. So those would be like the three things for me. Yeah. Social connection or find a, find a really amazing coach who asks you really difficult questions. <laughs> Practice gratitude um, and do something for someone else. Yes. Yeah. And, and all those things are all so, so powerful. They're great. Yeah. How about you? What's your... What's well, your thought? What are, some, what are some awesome little tips? All of those that you've just said. <laughs> I was thinking, what, did she, what has she left me to say? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, um, for me, it's, it's the listening piece. Yeah. Being willing and able to listen to other people because we've all got our own opinions and ideas and da, da, da. and if we're just fixated on following our own path without tuning into what other people have got to say, then um, we miss out on an awful lot of information that could be critical to ourselves and to other people. So I think being a, yeah. an active listener is essential. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And, and many of us are crap at listening because <laughs> we're always thinking, now, what am I going to say next? Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so slowing things down when you're with other people and being actually giving them your full and undivided attention. It's mm. the greatest gift because they feel heard and you're really deepening the conversation and you're actually hearing what they're saying, which can be, like you say, something profound that can shift your perspective on the world. And the other thing is to listen to yourself. We've got Ooh. this little <laughs> going on in our head all day long, sometimes all night long as well. Um, and Oh, boy, it's annoying. <laughs> I've just bought a new book, which I haven't started yet. Um, it's by a chap called, I think his name is Ethan Cross, and it's called Chatter. Ooh. So, chatter. And it's, and it's all about this chatterbox we've got in our head and how to tame it I'm thinking I really need to read this book um, <laughs> because the other thing is sometimes we listen too much to that little voice in our head that's telling us that we're no good and we can't do this and we can't do that which keeps us small and mm. unwilling to dip that toe in the proverbial water and try something new or different that will challenge us a little bit but give us that little stretch and that uncomfortable feeling of, oh, I'm not sure I could do this, but oh, look, look what I've done. And, and I think one of the greatest joys is when you tackle something that you don't actually expect to be able to do, and you find you've done it, and you think, whoa, look at me go. <laughs> because there's such Amazing. a confidence booster. And it opens you up to think, well, got that one ticked. What, what else can I try now? It, it really opens us up. It, it makes us more creative. It makes us more imaginative. And, and we go, yeah, bring it on. What else can I do here? So I love that. I love that. But yeah, sometimes that little voice isn't always helpful. So knowing how to dial it down and challenge that thought. Mm. Excuse yes, me, Jenny, what did you just say? Is that 
<laughs> we've had the fake news because there's a lot of fake news. <laughs> we tend to give ourselves so much credit for being for like being knowing everything, right? That voice yeah. in our head, we give it so yeah. much. <laughs> oh, we give ourselves such a hard time sometimes, don't we? I know, I know. Amazing. Totally I think amazing. I think one of the the key things I took away from um, Carol Dweck's work, mm. she's the the sort of world guru on yes. on mindset. I mean, you know, who hasn't read her book on mindset? <laughs> it's such a great <laughs> book. Um, is is how you can you know when she talks about how you can nurture a growth mindset through mm. noticing the language that you use. And if you find yourself using the, the, the negatives to add that three-letter word to the end of your sentence, I can't do that yet. I, love I haven't that. mastered that yet. Yet is such a lovely word because it gives us possibility. And how and it does, it really it gets you to it, it does allow you to as soon as you say that, you go. So how am I going to do it? As opposed to the full stop that you would have. Yes. yes. Other yeah. ones, right? Yeah. 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 That's, that's cool. Yeah. So I think, I think there are lots of things we can do to, to help ourselves to get better at noticing the mindset that we're in at any particular time. And just to be mindful that if it's not serving us well to say, okay, well, what could I be doing differently to rephrase or reframe um, what's what's going on here and I think sometimes just practicing that yeah because I think it's it's it is hard um because you know we like we we've got great opinions <laughs> if only other people would listen to them all the time but <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's good to be challenged and it's good to have debates particularly with people who you know have a different perspective and I think if you can sort of keep the emotional things down and just debate and listen and talk around a subject where you've, you've got very polarised views, I think that can be helpful because it just reminds us all that we've all got our own unique view of the world and that's fine. But it's understanding that our view doesn't, isn't always right. As, as painful as that is for me to say that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. <laughs> But it's hilarious, isn't it? That um, that our our ability to, at the same time as we like have imposter syndrome and doubt ourselves, to to give total control to that to that voice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and the other thing I want to ask you about is because I get asked this all the time: is um, what do you do if you're working with somebody who's got a very fixed mindset? Can you change their mind? What do you say to them when you ask that question? <laughs> um, I think I, I like the idea of getting curious. So really, for me, that's really interesting. And it goes back to your point about other people have a different mindset. Um, get curious because I think the other thing that, um, that you wrote about was, you know, and, and the, that idea of the executive function, like when we are under stress or pressure or whatever, then when we have those, that lovely court. Yeah. Right. So our ability to access that growth mindset gets diminished. Yep. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, 
So getting curious about why someone is there and asking supportive questions and then, like you said, listening, that would, that's it. Um, Sometimes it's allowing them to sit in that place and then creating space for that, that thing that was impossible to be done anyway. Um, You know, so it, it, I guess it depends on the situation, but yeah, Yeah. I think realistically curiosity is uh, so much better. Um, I know, you know, our lovely partners at, um, at happy limited, they've got a great thing of to when you're having difficult conversations with people who may think differently to you, instead of a to-do list, you make yourself a to-be list. So Mm -hmm. think about how you want to come to the conversation and, and actually setting intentions ahead of time for me anyways, helps me keep on the rails and and keep the emotional side out. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. how about for you? What's your what's your sense of that? How do you how do you answer those questions? Well, I, I usually like to <laughs> reassure them, that's probably not the right word, that actually you can't change somebody else's mind for them, even if you'd like to. <laughs> uh, so you know, if if you're marrying them, be careful because you think you can change them. Possibly not, unless they want to be changed. And that's different. But unless they've got the insight for themselves that maybe they could be different or open to other things, then you're banging your head against a brick wall and all you get is a headache. So uh, I think rather than beating ourselves up, why can't they see you know, a different perspective or change things? Um, it's, it is about that curiosity piece. And, and I love the way that you said and offer supportive questions. Because if they're in that bad space where things are not going right and uh, the last thing they need is you coming along and saying, well, you know, it, you know, it's about time you pulled your socks up and changed your attitude because it really stinks, it's not going to be helpful and it's not going to enable them to shift anything. So I think if you can be curious and just gently inquire, find out a bit more what's actually going on in their lives, then it can be easier to try to, to get to the understanding of, of how they've ended up in that particular position. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going, they're going to shift from that. They may choose to stay there, and that's their prerogative. It's their perspective. Um, but it may, in some instances, lead to some change. And I think the other thing that we can all do is to lead by example. If we want to see a change in somebody else's behaviour, if we're modelling it ourselves, then sometimes people go, oh, I didn't know Jenny did that. Oh. <laughs> and it just, it gives them that opportunity to see that things can be done differently. So, and, and I guess we can see that in many different instances in the workplace where we have, where you set meetings up, have, you know, the, the protocol around uh, how we manage our technology. You know, do you allow mobile phones in the meeting room or not? Um, I, I saw something somewhere in the States where it was like, leave your smoking gun outside, <laughs> which is your mobile phone. <laughs> and I thought, I love that because it's true. <laughs> yeah. Are you, yeah, can you be bring your whole self and just? Your whole yeah. self. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think there's lots that people do for themselves and to encourage others to perhaps consider looking at things differently. But Mm -hmm. we're all different. We're not going to fix everything or everybody. And that's okay because, you know, this is a wonderful world. Absolutely. And it's great to 
to have some tips in your back pocket that hopefully we've given everybody a couple of tips in their back pocket or a way to reframe things or a way to have conversations. Mm. And it'd be really good for anybody listening into this podcast to get in touch and share with us what they found useful. You know, they learned anything in particular, a a special strategy that's really helped them in a certain situation or something they did when they were working with somebody else who was struggling with mindset. That'd be great to hear. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, it's always great to have more tips in your toolbox, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank great you, Jen. conversation. Yes. Oh, so exciting. And thanks, everybody, for joining us today. And we will look forward to seeing you next time. Yeah, we'll be talking about something else, won't we? Looking forward to it. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Thriving with Sarah and Jenny. We hope you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. And you can always get involved in the well-being conversation at all of our social links in the show notes. Until next time, stay safe, stay happy, and thrive in whatever you do.